The following podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, dear listener, to Echoes of Eshetan, a solo play Degenesis podcast that lets the dice rolls tell the story. Whether you're a novice to role-playing games or a seasoned pro with a full sourcebook library, you'll find the gripping narratives in this apocalyptic setting unfold before your very ears. You'll hear stories of loss and injustice, redemption and hope. A miasma of gloom drifts across the barren wastes while nightmarish beasts roam and terrorize cities and settlements. Only mankind's inexhaustible will to survive offers the faintest glimmer of hope on the horizon. The echoing shades of the bygone peoples lingers on the wind and on the lips of survivors in this hell on earth. What stories will they tell? Two cloaked figures stood just outside the alcove, stray beams of buzzing light dancing across the plastic sheen of shoulder and elbow pads, as well as their floor-length rubber capes. The underground tunnel had wires and pipes of various lengths and gauges from floor to ceiling and ran as far as the eye could see into the darkness ahead. A large display screen showed yellow-green text crawling from end to end. The text was reflecting in the goggles of the figure holding a small electric pad, while the other figure stood just beside, looking over their shoulder with folded arms. A squelching voice, compressed like a damaged and broken amplifier, spoke harshly. Damn it, multi-thread. You're overdue at the central exchange one minute and six seconds ago at your post. The figure shifted their weight, and the smooth, circular discs embedded into their cape shoulders produced a rolling shimmer from the buzz light overhead. A similarly compressed voice replied through the tinny microphone under the full-face mask with bulging eye goggles. Apologies for the runtime error. The newest task feed has been uploaded, and I am ready for relocation. The impatient silhouette waved their hand over a terminal nearby. A small chime sounded, and in a few seconds, a moving platform emerged from the darkness ahead before coasting to a smooth, silent halt in front of them. The chronicler, multi-thread, stepped aboard the platform and was whisked away into the darkness toward exit level D2. Multithread's eyes had only just adjusted to the darkness of the tunnel, but the faint whooshing of thick cable junctions above his head settled him before the platform began to decelerate. He looked out across the boarding platform, and some movement near the exit of the alcove caught his eye. Another chronicler, seamlessly blended into the surrounding plate metal and dingy buzz light, broke their camouflage and stepped out into the light. The trolley crawled to a stop at another platform where large pneumatic clasps clamped down to hold it in place. Multithread stepped off the platform and their eyes went directly to the disguised figure's machete held menacingly in one hand and then, quickly, to the digital pad in the other hand. Perfectly in sync, the pair raised their pads aloft and another soft chime pinged from both. Identity confirmed. Multithread 309. Location. Four-court alcove. Task. Artifact trade access. Level. Agent. Affirmative. Multithread replied. The machete-wielding chronicler stepped aside into a small dark spot, allowing Multithread to move through the alcove. Multithread walked up the ramp toward the staircase landing, stopping briefly to check behind him. 
The other chronicler had already merged back into their shadow, a deadly chameleon waiting for unauthorized intrusion. Shudders give everyone a shiver. Best not to dwell on it, Multithread thought, as he headed up the long stairwell toward his post at the forecourt. Everybody at the Central Exchange bore the signs of the hot summer day that permeated the air. Dust rags were grimy, and foreheads and armpits were slick with beating sweat. The din of traders and rolling carts were just as stifling as the heat, as each vendor competed with each other to lure in buyers to their ramshackle stands. The best wares and justition can be found here. No, 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 I've got the best wares. Fully charged E-cubes to light your homes when the chroniclers shut off the damn grid. The high volume of shoulder-to-shoulder foot traffic made Multithread's throat tighten. This wasn't the chronicler's first time in the central exchange, but it was their first proper taste of handling social interaction and commerce on their own. A kiosk built into the side of the massive, single-story framework was shuttered closed. A neon blue barcode glowed above the shutter window. Multithread was given a decent-sized berth by the crowd as he approached, but his progress was halted by a trio of clanners throwing knuckle bones against the base of the stand. The clanners were large, brutish-looking thugs dressed in rags, and seemed to pay no mind to the chronicler approaching behind them. It was Multithread's first test at the market, and they hadn't even opened the trading stand yet. They weren't about to let a negative interaction and further tardiness to open up the shop affect the chances of rising up through the chronicler ranks. Multithread adjusted the volume and gain knobs on the vocoder beneath his mask until a squealing, squelching feedback pitch filled the air. The voice modulator in the chronicler's mask morphed an otherwise small voice into a raspy, animalistic snarl. Disperse! Multithread had just hoped it was enough of an intimidation to work. The difficulty of this roll is set at two successes, which means four and above on the dice roll. Multithread's dice pool creates an action number of three dice. In the first roll of the game, two successes. Listeners can visit my WordPress site to get more in-depth game mechanics and character outline. The web address is in the credits at the end of this episode. The brutes recoiled from the raspy sound and quickly swiped up the burnished knuckle bones leaving the vicinity, but not before eyeing down the chronicler and spitting at the feet of him. Multithread breathed a sigh of relief, their hot breath washing over their cheeks inside the rubber mask. They proceeded to open up shop. The magnetic lock was undone and the shutter rolled up. Multithread entered through a swing-up counter along the kiosk and began logging commerce information at the kiosk display for everybody waiting in line. The queue had already extended further into the center of the forecourt. As Multithread connected the E-Cube charging station to its main outlet and unshackled the chains and ropes that bound the display case of precious metals and artifacts, Multithread looked up to see sun-leathered faces clutching various oddities and treasures in hand, spilling out over a gunny sack or piled on top of a sheet metal sled. A well-dressed patron holding a leather satchel in hand called out to the chronicler from the front of the queue. Hurry it up. We've got other places to be besides here, she said disdainfully, looking over her shoulder at the others behind the line. The chronicler connected the vocoder to the amplifier speaker in the kiosk and spoke in a friendlier tone than that which he used with the thugs. Trade kiosk 7 is online. Multi-thread interfacing. Thank you for your patience, citizens. The impatient patron was a brunette woman in her thirties. She stepped up and undid a leather cord wrapped tightly around a thick paper envelope. She presented a stack of small, rectangular sheets of paper bearing a barcode and number series on the shorter sides. 
Thin, iridescent lines on the bills quivered in the breeze as she passed them over the counter along with a larger sheet of paper stamped in red at the bottom. This was a tax payment summons from Uptown, and a very first easy customer transaction. It may not be such a bad day after all. What was I worrying about? thought Multithread. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Across the black lung, the dust clouds roll swiftly over small steppes, large stretches of barren dunes, and across low grassy plains. Settlements are spread far and wide across old Central Europe, with the well-worn routes leading to the seat of civilization and order in the Borkin region, the city of Justitian. The breadth of the city spans miles, from the aqueducts on the west side of town to the scrapper encampments in the rubble outside the city walls to the east. The city proper is comprised of two main districts, Uptown and Downtown. The Central Exchange is located in the forecourt and is the nexus of commerce and trade for thousands. The seemingly endless rows of open-air market stalls are situated at the base of the Uptown Elevator, a massive steel platform that raises and lowers travelers with the correct paperwork, from the forecourt in Downtown to the illustrious and pious Uptown, where the righteous fist of the judges and Senate reside. Justician is also home to a variety of cults, clanners, chroniclers, scrappers, Anabaptists, judges, Jehomedans, and spitalians all have a presence in the city, though the chroniclers are among the most prolific across the sprawl. The lower-ranked chroniclers, like Multithread, receive daily orders from their stream alcove to monitor and catalog items, events, and people around the city collecting data. Although there is a technological divide between the stream-savvy chroniclers and others, the socioeconomic divide is the greatest threat to the social order in the enormous dust-choked city. The poorest of the poor live in the bottomlands, defiler streets, the dumps, and the shit pipes of the city. The ultra-wealthy come and go as they please from their palatial manors in uptown, from the great houses in downtown. Somewhere in the middle is the average Justinian, who is able to bathe regularly and buy occasional meats and vegetables. Their wooden and sheet metal homes, though sparsely adorned, don't often leak, and provide shelter for two to three generations of family. Multithread heard the whining feedback shut off from above, and the electric circuit's power cycled down. The chronicler had just finished with the second-to-last customer, who deposited the bill of sale of several heads of swine. They were left staring at an elderly man as the last in line. He was bent and old, seventy winters old by Multithread's estimation, with crooked fingers and a hitch in his step as he closed the distance to the kiosk front counter. The elder was drenched in sweat, drained from the heat of the day. Multithread held up his hand in front of the man to signal a halt. Any trading done past the evening announcement was prohibited in the markets, and was met with fines or being jailed as punishment. Multithread certainly didn't want any marks on his first solo trading day, but he also knew that late payments can bear just as great a fine as the trading after hours. It was this memory, this heuristic, this concept, that appealed to the chronicler. They, he embraced every bit of techno-jargon and mimetic device he was required to, but he still remembered what it was like to feel the aching woes of humanity, 
the soreness in your bones. Despite his robotic voice and outward appearance, Multithread is a highly empathic individual. Chroniclers steal children and recruit social pariahs to their cult, and Multithread was, unfortunately, the former. He managed to survive in the underground, and made a few friends along the way. He is now looking to move up the hierarchy himself. He's got to know when to play his cards right, however, so he's adding an empathy skill to add to the dice pool with his instinct attribute. His combined action number, or dice roll, is five dice. Pretty good chances for success. Difficulty, two successes. Action number, five dice. Ah, another successful roll. Multithread looked briefly over each shoulder, wary of any judges that would be passing by to reprimand him. There wasn't a lawkeeper in sight, and so he quickly waved the man over. Multithread grabbed a blank summons and filled it out quickly, passing it to the elder as he stepped up. Here. Report tomorrow at any time after the market opens, and you'll be first in queue. Oh, thank you, sir. I admit I don't think I could stand out here all day again. The chronicler nodded curtly and called to a passing judge to sign the summons to verify it. Lucky you, old timer. Front of the line pass, said the judge as she spit a wad of tobacco into the dirt. Don't cause a ruckus with this thing. People will shiv you out here for one of these things. The old man nodded graciously and mixed in with the crowd exiting the markets. Multithread began shutting down his terminal when he heard the tobacco-chewing judge behind him again. Mighty nice of you to help out that old-timer freak. I thought you lot were all about kicking a man when he's down. The remark went right through Multithread. He knew to rise above the barb. He'd need to keep his composure around the law. Multithread gets a fairly high dice pool for his conduct skills, but since this is a city judge, the successes are going to get bumped up. Difficulty? Three successes. Action number? Six dice. A few successes, but also a one on the roll, which is a botch, and can get dangerous very quickly. Multithread was successful, but just barely. He felt especially tired enough to snap at a city judge if he hadn't kept his cool. No, city judge gal. We leave all true punishment up to the Senate and their officers. Chroniclers seek reconciliation and unification, not blood and bitterness. The judge just chuckled and shook her leather trench coat so that a brown, dusty mist was knocked loose from the hem. Sure, but that's what you're supposed to say for the hive mind or something, right? Multithread replied calmly. Null and void. The stream encompasses all. There is no hive mind. We are not insects. Eh, whatever, the judge replied lazily. She'd obviously lost interest in harassing Multithread further. The chronicler worked quickly to lock up the terminal kiosk before leaving the forecourt, walking down nearby through streets bathed in darkness. Multithread rounded another street corner, weaving between horse-drawn carriages and scrappers pulling their custom sleds laden with sand-crusted treasures and a little bit of junk. Only the scrapper pulling the load knew its true value. A bottleneck had formed further ahead. Some poor sap's cart had tipped over and strewn its grain and mill contents across the dusty path. Rather than deal with a cramped crowd again, Multithread headed down a side alley that would serve as a decent shortcut to go around the fray. The chronicler was alone in this alley, a rarity in this city. Wind-blown trash and refuse piled up in the corners of the buildings surrounding the alley. In the shade of these buildings, the chronicler saw movement, and he quickened his pace. Plenty of people, citizens and chroniclers alike, were found beaten and robbed in these hidden pockets, but usually at night after the sunset. Daytime assaults were much less common, but anything could happen in the city. Multithread could see a sharp left up ahead that would take him back to regular pedestrian streets around the overturned cart, 
and he hustled to make the turn as he could sense a presence creeping up behind him. A dirty older man dressed in leather rags with a feather earring stepped from around the corner, halting multithread dead in his tracks. The chronicler spun around and saw what he had sensed through the shadows. Two large figures, a familiarity in their stone-cut faces as the brutes that had been throwing bones in the kiosk earlier that day. The pair smiled menacingly and cracked their knuckles as they took a few steps forward. A voice behind called out and said, Looky here, a bit with no bite. My boys tell me you ran them off today in the middle of a game. Is that true? Multithread was certain this was all pretext for a beating, but perhaps he could distract them enough to make a hole to run through. He responded flatly, registering no distress or emotion. Gambling of any sort is not allowed on the premises around the forecourt. Your cohorts were let off without reprimand or punishment. They were lucky enough. The feather earrings swayed back and forth as the man leaned his head back to laugh. You hear that, boys? The freak says you were lucky enough. Multithread is going to try and use his vocoder like he did before to shoo off the thugs. However, this time he's going to crank it up to 11, so to speak, and aim his sonic weaponry at the older male clanner directly in his path. The difficulty will be determined by the number of successes that the defender, or older male, gets versus Multithread's dice pool. The dice successes read Multithread's 3 versus the clanner's 0. Multithread took these precious moments to square himself facing the howling clanner, cocksure in his intimidation of the chronicler. A faint whine from the chest-mounted vocoder turned into an echoing crescendo and the wall of sound blasted across the alley and rebounded between the brick and mortar walls, shaking dust and bird's nests loose from the rafters above. The man clapped his hands to his ears and dropped to his knees in pain. Small rivulets of blood came from beneath his wrists where his eardrums had popped and Multithread darted past the incapacitated clanner. The sonic blast would have surely gotten the attention of any nearby judge protectors, but they could be a minute or two away, long enough to get throttled by these bruisers. He could hear the heavy footfalls of the two brutes behind him who hadn't been in direct line of sound from his sonic blast. If he got caught, he was certain to be unmasked and beaten, most likely to death. He turned the corner, his tattered cape billowing out behind him, and he recognized this spot as a Stallion Street intersection. Fifty yards ahead, large metal pylons in a metal cage of a safe island lay in wait for panicked chroniclers to hide in. You're dead meat for the knacker's office, Tinhead, one of the brutes called out from behind. Multithread made a beeline for the safe island, tripping over a bundle of sand-caked cables peeking out from below. He scrambled to his feet and up the small ramp that led across the pit to the island which was suspended in midair by tension cables and thick copper coils. The island swayed gently under the weight, and just as Multithread reached out for the switchboard, he felt his right boot heave backward from a large, sturdy hand. Pull his ass down and throw him over, the supporting brute yelled. Multithread is being pulled from an elevated position by someone below him. It will be a contest of wills, and could mean the difference between his escape or his untimely demise. I'm going to rule that a minus one dice penalty will be applied to the attacker, in this case, the clanner brute. This means that both belligerents will have the same two-dice dice pool for their body attribute plus their athletic skill. The attacker rolls two botches. All the defender need do is not roll any botches to succeed. And multi-thread succeeds. He rolls his entire body so that the brute's wrist is pinned between the metal grating and his rubberized sole. The brute lets out a yelp of pain and lets go. 
Multithread unhitches his source module and connects it to the main power node on the switchboard. He can hear the pair below start to beat feet back down the ramp to escape the island, and he pushes a large green button with his palm. Just before the lead brute takes his last step to freedom from the ramp, a terrible buzzing din fills the air, and he is locked into sprinting pose. His face contorts, and his eyeballs immediately bulge from their sockets as small flickers of blue light discharge from he and his mate's skin and fingernails. The clanners fidget into wild convulsions and fall onto each other as flesh begins to smoke and sear from their arms and faces. A fierce blue bolt arcs from the nearest pylon and ignites their tattered leather rags and cloth boots, setting them on fire. After a few more seconds, a smoldering pile of burnt flesh and bones wafts through the air, causing shocked passerbys to retch at the scene. Multithread uncouples his module and releases the safety island from its voltage. He looks up to see a judge on horseback rear his horse and call out, What the fuck happened here, Chronicler? Their luck ran out. Dusk had settled along the streets of Justician, and Multithread could hear the fading voices of the cluster pouring from the speakers in every corner of the city. He could smell his sweat stink and remnants of burnt flesh from the heat and events of the day, but he dare not take off his mask for any fresh air, not when he was so close to an exit-level alcove. He descended the steps under the stone archway vestibule and entered the railway tunnel yet again. A familiar voice from the shadows held out a scanner for multi-thread to register. Well, well, busy day at the market? Multi-thread stayed silent and simply held out his arm to be scanned. Debrief and reboot. Tomorrow is another cycle, the voice said flatly. Another cycle, Multithread thought. Just the thought of another instance of running for his life made him even more weary. If patterns are to repeat, how can I be expected to maintain any sort of mental quality before I glitch out? I should compare experiential data with pseudo when I arrive back at the cluster. He had just enough time to finish his thoughts about his cluster buddy pseudo before boarding the moving platform again that whisked him away back through the darkness. Thanks for listening to this episode of Echoes of Eshetan. The music in this episode was provided by Tabletop Audio, original 10-minute ambient soundscapes and music for your stories and games. Support them on Patreon and try them out with Amazon's Alexa or Google Assistant to enhance your games too. You can follow me on Twitter at Echoes underscore Eshetan. And be sure to check out my WordPress site where I post more in-depth game mechanics and character outlines at echoesofeshetan.wordpress.com.